to Crime Kooks with your hosts Emily and Rachel where we talk about crimes and perpetrators. Today we are going to talk about John Wayne Gacy or as I like to call him the clown man. Please keep in mind this episode may include some topics that could upset some listeners. Um, anyways. <laughs> I mean I think all of our topics might upset listeners. We talk about murder a lot. You I know, understand but this one um, involves some violation yeah. of human rights <laughs> <laughs> just just a little bit just a few you know uh-huh yeah uh and i know that can be triggering for some people and i wanted to make sure that this yeah anyways it's very <laughs> so, nice of you he claims that one of his um earliest memories was being beaten with a leather belt uh for displacing some car parts uh specifically by his father is who beat him um so you already know <laughs> His life wasn't the um, best. Uh, He felt he was never good enough for his father. Um, And a family friend molested Gacy in a truck, and Gacy never told his father out of fear of being blamed because he got in trouble earlier in the year for sexually fondling a girl. Well, all right then. Yeah. So he just, right out of the bat, not the best Life or character. <laughs> I mean, you can see where you, he learned the behavior from. Exactly. It's a learned... Behavior is a learned thing um, for the most part. But um, another thing to note about him was he had blackouts uh, beginning uh, during the fourth grade. And he was hospitalized for those and a uh, burst appendix. But his father openly claimed he was faking the condition. I don't. I don't think you can fake... A burst appendix, but that's just that's just me. You know, I'm just saying. I think they meant specifically the blackouts. I yeah, that too. Like I don't. I mean, I get you could fake it, mm-hmm. but like, okay, this is a little off topic. But one time, my brother hit his head on the garage as it was like opening, and he said he blacked out. Ah, he would. So I mean, it's pretty quick. So I guess I could kind of see it, but since the dad's, you know, just a little toxic, right? I assume. Speaking of his dad being uh, toxic, a friend actually claims to have seen his father come out of nowhere just to beat Gacy uh, without reason, and Gacy never hit back. Um, so. <laughs> no, okay. That's that's wild. <laughs> and this is another reason why I was like, okay, so there's abuse and there's yeah, definitely a trigger Great. warning. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I made sure to include that. No, literally, imagine you're just sitting there playing with your friend. Your dad comes out of the bushes with a belt and just about to beat you. Right. Like, dude, what the? Right. Uh, when he was 18, he joined a uh, Democratic group, and his father claim, uh, claimed that made him a uh, patsy, which is someone easily taken advantage of. So his dad's a... Staunch Republican or just doesn't like Democrats? Uh, that's an excellent question, and I could not answer. I think he just doesn't like Gacy. That's that's fair. That's a fair observation. <laughs> uh, he does claim that this was to seek acceptance from others that he lacked from his father. Um, he ran to Las uh, Vegas at some point uh, during his stay with his family. Uh, and he worked with ambulances uh, before being moved to a mortuary attendant, 
And here's the uh, fun part, which probably started his um, psychological break. He slept behind the embalming room and spent many days watching the embalming of bodies. And while there, he caressed a dead teen boy and went into shock before returning home to Chicago because he couldn't stand the fact that he did that. Yeah, um, it's like, almost like, <laughs> it sounds weird, but like maybe he almost like is like sad because of like what he missed out on almost. Like, you know, those teenage boys until they died probably had a normal life or something. Well, you know, maybe. <laughs> so, he, I mean, maybe. I'm just saying, like, maybe the reason he targets the teenage boys is because he's, like, you know, mad at what he didn't get, a normal, like, early life or something. Right, or right. Maybe, maybe he's just, you know, a little freaky. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, while after he returned home, he uh, worked for a place called Jaycee's, and one of his coworkers uh, got him drunk and then took him home and... Gacy working for Jaycee's? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just it rhymed, and it just, in my brain. Oh, is that what you got so excited about over there? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, this is, it's such a bad time, but. Emily, like, shifted in her seat, and she was like. <gasps> this is, I, I, just on her face, you could tell she became instantly happy, I and I was like, okay, so she can see my notes. Um, and. <laughs> I just heard you I say JC, and I was like, ooh. I was concerned because. Uh, what I was going to say is his coworker had gotten him drunk and then took him home and forced um, intercourse on him. Well, now you just ruined it. I was making a cool joke, and now you're just talking about rape. You just made this, you ruined it, Rachel. I mean, it's not really my fault. <laughs> yes, it is. It's your fault. It's all your fault. Anyways, so he then got married and moved to uh, Waterloo. And in 1967, his father and mother visited his new home uh, months after the birth of his daughter and apologized for the physical and emotional abuse he inflicted. So, you know, happy ending there with his dad, at least. He's kind of. I mean, depends on if he really meant it. (laughs) Right. Um, Anyways, so Gacy joined the uh, local JCs because, you know, he had moved to a different town, so he couldn't work in the same one anymore. Uh, and he worked extra hours there, and then he and other co-workers were heather- heavily involved in wife-swapping, prostitution, uh, pornography, and drug use. All very fun things, obviously. I don't understand wife-swapping. Is that literally, like, the show called, like, um, Family Swap or Wife Swap or whatever? Is that basically what that is, except they just do it in a group of people? I don't know what that show is, but I'm just going to assume they just had turns, you know, doing each other. Okay, anyways, so um, now we can really get into his crimes, because it was there that he started getting a little not good. <laughs> a little, you, no, I think you had a problem before, but. Well, it was when he got a little not good, and then he progressed. It, it was like a um, a rolling snowball, you know? He's making a snowman, and you know how you take the snowball, and then you roll it, and it just gets bigger and bigger? No, because I've never been able to make a successful snowman. I did once. Anyways. Okay. (laughs) Just thinking about it. It's this guy named uh, Donald Forhees. On August 1967, Gacy sexually assaulted him. Uh, He was a young employee of J.C., and... uh, Gacy had convinced him to visit his home under the promise of getting to watch um, pornography. 
um, he gave him alcohol and then convinc- uh, convinced him to have intercourse with him. He did uh, this similarly to other young employees, telling them it was for scientific research, and he would pay them $50 after trying to convince them to have their way uh, with his wife and then him. Okay, hold on. What research? Um, over um, sexuality. Um, Gacy was arrested for sodomy and the attempted assault of Edward Lynch, uh, who was 16 years old, after Voorhees told his dad about this. Wow, so he just he just keeps going. He's not even, like, afraid. It's like he's not even afraid to get caught. I feel like Gacy just has a lot of problems with dads. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he likes himself very much, since his victims are, like, what he used to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Psychology and all that. Right. Uh, but he denied the charges, even though a polygraph uh, showed he was nervous when speaking of the boys. And he was jailed May 10th, uh, 1968. Um, he paid, uh, because of that, he paid 18-year-old Russell Schroeder, another employee of his, um, $300 to physically assault Voorhees to try and get him to not testify in court. Um, Schroeder was arrested, and he confessed, and another charge was added to Gacy's uh, file. Uh, Schroeder did do it. He led for. Uh, Voorhees to the county park, maced him, and beat him. Uh, wow, just like add insult to injury, literally maced the guy and then beat the crap out of him. I mean, yeah. It's so mean. Then he can't figure out where you are. Mm, yeah, I guess so. I'm just, yeah, this guy, his, oops, uh, Gacy's list, it just keeps like growing and mm-hmm. growing. Um, also, another thing about Gacy is September 11th, they gave him a mental evaluation, and um, they said he had a victim mindset. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Uh, he w- received a 10-year sentence and a divorce uh, the same day. She took the house, the kids, and alimony. She basically just took everything. Who, um, his wife, I'm assuming? Yes. The, his first wife? Yes. Cool, cool. And uh, he was denied parole, but he did get out pretty early. Uh <clears throat> He was, like I said, he was, he did get out pretty early. Uh, he was granted parole with 12 months probation in 1970, uh, in which he relocated to Chicago. Uh, February 12, uh, 1971, Gacy was charged with a sexual assault of a teenage boy once again, but the boy didn't show up to court, um, so the charges uh, were dropped. So this guy's just getting really lucky. With everything. Originally, he got lucky, and then he just became, like, good at it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Because on June 22nd, he was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery and reckless conduct, uh, though these charges were also dropped. Literally, all the charges are getting dropped, and it's kind of making me angry. In 1972, he remarried to a Miss uh, Carol Hoff. I said to a miss because it made me think of you, and I just wanted you to know that because every single time you reference someone uh, in the episodes that you control, you go to a miss or to a mister. I do that. I do? Yeah. Wild. I just think it sounds better. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know. Right. Um, that, and by 1975, uh, Gacy had told his wife that he was bisexual and informed her that he was never going to... Um, have intercourse with her again, but Carol did often see Gacy bring teenage boys into their garage in the early mornings and found gay pornography and men's wallets and identification inside the house. Well, that's not suspicious at all. 
Well, when she confronted Gacy, he informed her that it was none of her business. I mean, it is none of her business, but... (laughs) They did end up getting a divorce, and it was decreed upon the false grounds of Gacy's infidelity with women. Okay. It was infidelity, definitely. Um, Yeah, yeah, but, like, well, technically there's no actual proof. A couple of the murders actually uh, took place while he was married to her. Yeah, I assume that's why he had the identifications and wallets. They're probably of his victims. Right. Um, He did public service as a clown volunteering, uh, and that is what led him to be known as the uh, killer clown, although he never actually, like, was dressed up as the clown whenever he did it or anything. Oh, so they just called him that for funsies? Yeah, because he was known for being a a clown. Imagine just being known for that. That's kind of sad. Well, then killing children, but, you know. Right. Well, um, anyway, so Gacy continued to uh, propose sexual acts on his employees and claimed to own guns at one point telling an employee, do you know how easy it would uh, be to get one of my guns and kill you? And how easy it would be to get rid of the body? Pretty easy, I bet. Like, that's a genuine quote. (laughs) I mean, the man's just speaking his truth. Right. I mean, (laughs) he wasn't lying. (laughs) he's, He's being honest. I mean, you know. Right. Um, Gacy continued to propose, sorry, uh, in 1973, Gacy traveled to Florida with an employee for work, and he raped a teen who, in turn, drove to Gacy's house and beat him in his yard, so he got what he deserved with that kid. Yeah, yeah, okay, so the kid beat him? Yeah. Okay, for a minute I thought you were saying he beat the kid, and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) No, No. the teen was like, screw you, and came over and beat him up. Good. Um, he attempted to forced himself on both Anthony Antonucci, uh, who was 15, and David Cram, who was 18, uh, the second of whom he had, had been staying in his home and had two separate uh, attempts. So he tried twice with Cram. Uh, both of these boys were employed by him. He murdered at least uh, 33 men and boys, 26 having been buried in his basement. Like, under the concrete or something? Well, one of them was definitely under concrete because he put a layer of concrete over the body. (laughs) So, like, he had an unfinished basement, decided to bury bodies there and cover them in concrete. Yes, and we will talk about that later. He actually had some of the uh, boys dig holes for him. That's actually kind of interesting because that's a good way to hide a body. Isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. It's, it's a good way to hide it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he was discovered, but, you know, still. Right. Uh, the way he would kill them is he would place a rope around his victim's neck and slowly tighten it. Uh, he would put the body under his bed uh, for up to 24 hours before burying them. Uh, he raped and abused his victims, oftentimes restraining them with handcuffs, which was what he called a uh, magic trick as part of the clown act, so he would tell them, that's how he would get them into the handcuffs, is he would be like, hey, you want to see a trick? And then he'd be like, okay, here comes the fun part for me. Yeah, I guess, stop, no. (laughs) I just registered what you said. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh, my God, I can't even. Mm -hmm. No, but, like, I feel like I'd start to get really suspicious. This man is in my house, and he's like, hey, you want to see a magic trick? I would be suspicious, too. I don't blame you. Um, his first victim, like, murder victim, uh, was Timothy Jack McCoy. He was 16 years old. Um, he drove, uh, McCoy around Chicago and told him he could stay the night at his place before returning him to the bus station where he, uh, had found McCoy. 
Uh, Gacy claims he woke to McCoy holding a knife, and Gacy attacked McCoy, taking the knife and stabbing him numerous times. Um, while washing the knife, uh, as McCoy laid dying on the floor, Gacy found that McCoy had been making them breakfast, and that's why he was holding a knife. It was just an absent-minded gesture, you know, going to wake someone up, still had the knife in your hand while you were cutting the bread or something. You know, I feel like he would have murdered him either way, but that's honestly so sad. Because mm-hmm. he's 16 and Gacy's like, what, 30? So that's not only super gross, but also just really sad because he probably actually thought that they had something going. Right, especially because the worst part is, as he stabbed McCoy, uh, he said that listening to the gurgling noises got him excited in a uh, sexual sense. That's disgusting. Yes. That is really gross. And, yeah. Another one of his uh, well-known victims is uh, John Botkovich, uh, who was 18 years old. He was an employee of Gacy and had visited to discuss his overdue pay. Um, Gacy gave him a drink and then cuffed him, sitting on his chest before strangling him. Jesus, if it's not, it's like bad enough that he's strangling the victims, sitting on people, like, I've done that. <laughs> I've, I've sat on people, mm-hmm. and I can't even imagine. That's like, yeah, you know, that sounds weird when I say it like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, sometimes it's been an accident. Like, I don't see them, and I'll just sit, and I'll just hear, like, be like, oh, God. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Right. I bet that hurt. My bad. Mm-hmm. Like, one time uh, my brother sat on me. <laughs> it really hurt. <laughs> he just he crushed me. <laughs> I can't even imagine being this poor child and just having this full-grown man sit on me. I love that for, for it's you. Just, it's just, it's. I just, it's wildly inappropriate for me to be joking about this, but I can't help it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like the others, he shoved uh, the kid's body somewhere under the house. Uh, but uh, Butkovich's parents called uh, the police, asking them to investigate Gacy over 100 times. Uh, his disappearance was assumed to be a runaway. Uh, he continued to add to the heavy, heavy list of... Um, people he had killed, including Daryl Sampson, who was 18, Randall Raffae, who was 15, Samuel Stapleton, who was 14. Um, The last two were uh, thought to have been killed the same evening because they were friends. Uh, Michael Bonin, who was 17, William Carroll, who was 16, and so many more just in the one year, because that was 1976. Others from that year include uh, William Bundy, Like, hold on, like, any relation to Ted Bundy? I do not know if he was related to Ted Bundy, but I thought it was... It's kind of interesting. I know, I feel like so many serial killers are linked in some way. Like, even if not, it's just such a strange coincidence. Mm -hmm. And there were some unidentified adults. Uh, Like I said, he continued to add through the list uh, 1977 and 1978. Uh, His end came whenever he murdered a Robert... Peast, who was 15 years old. Um, poor guy. Uh, Gacy visited a farmie Peast had been working at to discuss a remodeling deal and mentioned that he pays double the amount Peast was making uh, there at where he worked to teenage boys, uh, just like him. It had actually been his birthday. Oh, happy birthday, kid. Yeah. And he had left his home after being picked up from work by his mom to discuss a job with uh, Gacy. Uh, he died a little over an hour later. That's, that sucks. I, yeah. 
He said, uh, Gacy once again used the handcuffs and actually stated, I'm going to rape you and you can't do anything about it. Wait, how do they know that direct quote? Because Gacy told them. Oh, wow. Gacy was very proud. So he was just like, went on a whole little rant about everything he did. Oh, yeah, you'll find out more about his rants later. (laughs) uh, Drunken confessions. (laughs) Um, Gacy answered a business call, actually, while Peace was laying, dying on the floor. Um, Peace's parents called the police, and they were given, uh, Gacy's name as the contractor he had been speaking to. Uh, a lieutenant with a son that attended Peace's school, uh, took the case and was convinced it was not a simple runaway. They visited Gacy, who claimed to... Uh, he would make an official statement at the police station. At a later date, he claimed his uncle had just passed away, and then when questioned further about when he would be going, he said, you guys are very rude. Don't you have any respect for the dead? Um, I could say the same thing about you, pal. Like, what? Right. I mean, no, I get it, but I feel like that makes him look a lot more suspicious. He's not answering the questions. Right. Which it was just, like, a house visit, and they didn't have a warrant or anything, so he wasn't, like, legally required to do anything. But, like, still, like, if I heard a witness doing something like that, I'd be like, all right, you're, you're sus. Yeah, that's a little you're suspicious. suspicious. Get out. Um, anyway, so they left, and then he arrived at the station at 3.20 a.m. covered in blood, claiming to have been in a car accident, which was true. Um, shockingly, originally when I read that, I thought... Um, that was just, he, like, dug the grave and was like, yeah, it was just in a car accident. That's why I'm muddy. Yes, that's that's why I look like this, guys. I totally did not just kill a child. Right. Uh, but th- it was there that he retold his story, which was he revisited the pharmacy at a call from the owner at 8 p.m. Uh, the owner had already denied that statement. So, well, yeah. So it looks like he's the one digging the holes for himself now. <laughs> exactly. He um he they had a search warrant uh as of December 13th because you know he looked incredibly suspicious. And they hoped to find peace uh being held against his will. Obviously they didn't considering he had already passed. Um and peace was actually not among the bodies in the basement either. I have a feeling this is like a theory, but maybe why he got in the car accident, he might have been going out to bury him. He was, and it wasn't burying. He tossed him into a river. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. So did they actually found the body? They were able to recover the body, or he just told them? I know I should know that, but I I don't. I know that he told them that specifically. Okay. That's, that's I do not awkward. know if they found it, though. Probably not, since it's a river. Right, exactly. Um, they, what they did find at the house was police badges, a starter pistol, a syringe, a hypodermic needle, a uh, several driver's license, numerous chemicals. They found a 36-inch nylon rope and a class of 1975 Maine West High School ring with the initials J-A-S in the trash can within a bedroom. So is that for one of the victims? Uh, yes. Yes, it was. That's awkward. Yes, it is. Uh, so... They ended up putting surveillance over him, of course, because Um, he's incredibly suspicious, and obviously he's taking them back to the house. But they have to have more evidence like a body. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. they can just say everything's a runaway. 
Uh, they had cops rotate camping outside Gacy's home while he was under investigation. And during this time, they spoke to his second wife and learned of the missing John Botkovich, uh, that the ring they, as well as who the ring uh, they found belonged to, and it was another missing boy. Uh, and they also learned of his battery charge all in the one day. They even spoke to a um, Jeffrey Rignall, who was another victim of rape. Uh, Gacy often taunted the police, knowing they wouldn't do anything over small traffic stuff. Um, he actually was able to, to lose his surveillance a couple times. Um, and he would even invite the team to dine with him. And while at one of his uh, dinners, he told the officers he was eating with, you know, clowns can get away with murder. This, the, the audacity of this man is killing me. See, what's really funny is he didn't. <laughs> he, he didn't, what? <laughs> Hold on. He didn't get away with murder because they arrested him. Oh, yeah. Okay, For you just, you confused me there for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be sorry. Well. You're so rude. Oh, thanks. You know that? Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, another interview uh, with a guy by the name of Cram, uh, who we mentioned earlier, uh, the guy who had lived with him for a couple uh, days, told them that Gacy gave him a watch, um, quote, from a dead person. Uh, they used dogs on Gacy's vehicles and found that Peast had been in one of his cars, so obviously his uh, lies that he had never interacted with Peast outside of the store was in, uh, false. Um, he began to appear un unshaved, tired, um, anxious and he started drinking a lot more um so he filed a civil suit against the police uh that same day they connected the jacket uh there was a jacket in the bedroom as well and they had connected that to beast uh they found out that cram the guy we mentioned a few moments ago had uh been made to dig holes the size of graves in a crawl space under gacy's house and that gacy had attempted to rape him so, at this point, I figure <laughs> they have to have enough information against him, but they still weren't able, good one, uh, but they still weren't able to, like, arrest him. Uh, what really did him over was Gacy was attending a meeting about the civil suit with his lawyer, in which he drunkenly confessed to everything after asking for a beverage and was given whiskey. Well, okay, isn't that, like, kind of, like, unlawful if he had... He, he specifically asked for alcohol. Okay, I was about to say, you can't just give the man whiskey. I right. Mean. Uh, and it was someone who was on his side, the lawyer. So, technically... That's awkward. Like, right. you're just, you're trying to defend this man, they literally confesses everything to you? Right. In fact, he even told them where they could find the bodies. But he fell asleep halfway through. Uh, when he woke up, he did his final laps of goodbyes because he knew what he had done, and he was like, well, darn, they've got me now, don't they? Uh, before returning home to be arrested for containing and distributing drugs because one of the visits he made is he went to a um, gas station and he handed the cleric some, um, I think it was weed. And he was like, they've got me. Wait, hold on, when was this? When, when did he do this? Uh, all the same, it was either the same day or the day after he uh, attended the meeting about the civil suit. Okay, okay, I'm just trying to keep track of the timeline. My brain is not... Right, right. Um, the day prior to the civil suit, um, they were approved for a second search warrant and instantly found a body because, obviously, 
someone told them, hey, this guy just told me all the bodies are hidden in his basement. Just start digging. Um, so after that, he was set to be executed in 1980 on the death row, but stayed another 14 years, um, like, alive. It was actually pretty interesting. He was, like, there, man. That's actually kind of surprisingly not uncommon. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you can always, like, go to appealant courts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can actually, like, be in there for, like, years and years and never get executed. Well, he did. <laughs> Obviously, like, eventually. Yeah. Uh, actually, during that time, another death row inmate known as the I-57 killer stabbed Gacy in the upper arm with a sharpened wire. Revenge! <laughs> but anyways, so Gacy attempted to appeal his sentence, but was denied by even the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, his last meal was a bucket of KFC a dozen fried shrimp, french fries, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke. That doesn't sound terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IV they were uh, put into him to, you know, kill him, uh, ended up being clogged by the chemicals uh, in the tube prior to his death, and they had to switch it out. His death took 18 minutes, and they gave his brain to a witness at one of his trials. Wait, like, they actually get to keep the brain, like, in a jar? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Like, they just... Why would they want that? I think it was to experiment with. I'm pretty sure they said it was a scientific thing. So Okay, so they were like a scientist and they had like authorization. Not just like, hey, can I get this guy's brain? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm just, I, you just said the guy just came up and they gave him the brains. I was like really confused. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, so thousand, a thousand people gathered outside to bear witness. There were some protesters because obviously um, not everyone agrees with the death penalty it's just, you know, that's what happens every single time. Pretty Some much. people protest, other people are there in support of it. Um, his last words were, kiss my behind, only he did not use such a nice word as behind. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, fi- I figured. <laughs> um, I really, I'm not going to lie. I feel as though a lot could have been avoided if he grew up in, like, a different situation. Yeah, no, because his father. All right. I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and tune in next time to hear about Tom Horn. And again, I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. Don't Don't be stupid and and stay stay safe. safe.